Merry Christmas, everyone. We have a special Christmas edition of the Full Court Press podcast today where Brady and I talk about the Corey Brewer Christmas tournament, what we are thankful for this year, and what we are looking forward to in 2021. We also have a special edition of our 221 Full Court Press where we give out our two must-watch Christmas movies, our two must-have Christmas foods, and our one holiday tradition that we have to do. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. Also, stick around for our Players of the Week and everything else in between. As for episode three, let's dive right in. Hey, Brady, how you doing today, man? Welcome into episode three of the Full Court Press. Yeah, Zach. Hey, we're we're happy to have you guys listening here on this uh, special Christmas edition. Yeah, here it is, uh, Christmas Eve. Doing a little re- uh, late record than normal, but uh, I was busy on Monday at the Corey Brewer Christmas tournament um, with games all day, and then it just kind of with with our schedules. It just this is the first time that we could get back together. I know you're back home in, in Michigan. What's that like? Oh, it's uh, it's pretty chilly here today. Um, I think we're at uh, about 15 or 16 degrees here up north uh, tonight. Um, but I'm happy to be back. We actually just, uh, my mom and stepdad got a hot tub put in this year. So that's been coming very nice. Nothing like a hot tub on a cold night. Am I right? Oh, dude, you're exactly right. That's like one of the perks. So we, we like to go to the mountains on vacation in the winter. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's like one of the perks that we have to have when, when booking a cabin is a hot tub. So oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's not as cold as it's 15 degrees here. It's a little above freezing today. Um, I don't think we're going to get any like snow flurries or anything like that, which, you know, isn't, isn't new um mm-hmm. but i guess there's a small chance but I, I'm, I'm not banking on it but i am jealous in the fact that i'm assuming you guys have snow up there um may, maybe you don't not right now actually there was some when i drove up here uh over the weekend but um no it's all gone right now and not sure we'll be getting any for uh, for, for christmas this year that's a little surprising it kind of takes it takes away a little bit from my point i was going to say there's nothing more than I, I I love snow in the sense that I like it the day of. I don't like it on the roads, and I want it gone yep. in 24 hours. <laughs> yep, yeah, it's it's nice to you know look out your window with a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or something, see the snow. But as long as you don't have to go out in it, it it's great. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, Brady, let's let's go ahead and dive into this episode. There's there's a lot to talk about. I know, like I said, you're you're obviously back home. You haven't seen any basketball. But I think I saw enough basketball for the both of us oh, over yeah. the last week uh, going to that Christmas tournament. It was so much fun. The first thing I'll say is this. Every coach that I talked to was so complimentary of Scott Steinbrecher in Portland High School for putting on that tournament when, when so many couldn't, right? I mean, you saw Governor Lee's orders come down. You mm-hmm. saw the TWS to play and their new uh, rules that they have and how strict it is. And it could have very easily just been like, you know what? Let's cancel it. We've had so many teams cancel throughout the, the course of this. It, it, let's just go ahead and just, just not do it this year. But, but to their credit, they, they stuck to it, they, and they pulled it off, man. They, they did a heck of a job. Um, to quote Coach Charles Wade from JP2, they did a hell of a job. Um, yeah, and, absolutely. And just the fact that they were able to, to give these teams a place to play was, was so awesome to see. And, and I just – I had so much fun covering the event. Yeah, absolutely. It would have been so easy for them to just say, you know what, it's it's a weird year. This is going to be hard to put on. Let's just cancel it. But um, they obviously did a great job <clears throat> of being able to get the event going, keep all these teams coordinated. And it, it was a vast array of teams that they had in there. Um, I mean, from all different levels, obviously Portland, that's a, that's a D1 school hosting it. And you got teams like C- 
GPA, Clarksville Academy, uh, JP2 in there. Um, that's that's a, a pretty impressive slate of programs coming into there. And to, for them to be able to pull that off and get the full tournament played uh, in a year like this, that's I got it to my hat to Portland. That's very, very impressive of them. Absolutely. You know, Scott may have less hair now uh, than he did <laughs> go- before going into it. But, At least uh, it's a little bit grayer. Yeah, exactly. You know what, on the girls' side, to that point, you know, I was able to see Coffee County play. In, in a normal year, I'm not going to see Coffee County play unless it's in a tournament setting like this, right? And mm-hmm. uh, Bella Vincent, Lipscomb, Lipscomb signee, she um, – she, I don't think they hand – I don't remember them handing out tournament MVPs for either the boys or the girls. I think it was just all tournament awards. Right. But if they didn't, she was the tournament MVP. She was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, obviously, like I said, the first time I had ever seen her play – uh, I think Lipscomb's going to be super excited to get her on the team next year. And Coffee County, that's a team that in the championship game played a really good Stewart's Creek team that, that likes to get out and press and is super athletic. And uh, they handled them pretty easily. I think there was an 18-point win or something like that mm-hmm. uh, in terms of – in favor of Coffee County. But uh, just throughout the, their three days, they, they really impressed. The game that I – staying with them, the game that I saw them uh, up close and personal was against JP2. Um, JP2, obviously a D2 team, um, and, and JP2 had, had had their struggles with them. And, and, and Coffee County went on a little bit of a run there in the third quarter and was able to separate to get into that championship. But um, couldn't be more impressed with, with what Coffee County has to offer. And I was speaking to some parents who were there, and I uh, said, hey, what's – you know, because I don't know. I said, what's, what's your feeling like for this year? How are you feeling? Are our expectations high? And absolutely, they're high. They, they want to get to the state tournament, and uh, they're going to run into a tough region in that Murfreesboro region. But yeah. um, if they can get through that, they, they like their chances in the sectional round. Um, so Coffee County was a fun story for me to see, just just for the simple fact that I, I'm, I usually don't get that kind of story, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and having a D1 player like that is um, – it's, it's really big for a team like Coffee County, you know? Um, especially a, a Lipscomb signee. Like, uh, that's – uh, Lipscomb's a school that loves its basketball. I've learned that by talking to our buddy Russell, who uh, who graduated from there. He's got to be excited about her uh, signing on there because, uh, from what I've heard, she is a, a very impressive basketball player. So I, I think they're absolutely right to be shooting uh, for a state tournament berth this year. Oh uh, yeah, of course, Russell. I mean, Russell, he loves Lipscomb, right? I mean, he oh yeah, loves his Bisons. You could tell that week in and week out with our top Main Street Preps top twenty-five football poll. Uh, he, he likes his Bisons, that's for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so listen, other, other teams that I saw there were, were plenty. I saw the Portland girls, they hosted, they, they, they beat Gordonsville in a game that Lily Whitehead took over. And, and listen, if Portland wants to continue to be successful this year, they're going to need her. They're going to need a girl like Rayleigh Hester. They're going to need an Emmy Loza. They're going to need them to assert their dominance in every game. Um, teams know about Lily. And teams know about these other players, but the defensive game plan coming in, if you're if you're defending Portland, is stop number 23. And if you can get it like they did against Gordonsville, if you can get Emmy Lozen knocking from distance, if you can get Rayleigh Hester getting those scrappy points on the inside, getting boards, uh, then you become a more well-balanced team and you find yourself in the position to win more games. Listen, yeah. you don't beat a good station camp team, regardless if they don't have Marissa Wirtz or not. You don't beat a good station camp team led by Kendra Jackson without playing some some sort of good basketball, and they are doing that lately. Yeah, and that uh, District 9 slate is just going to be brutal every single year. Uh, I mean, you're facing Lebanon, Gallatin, Beach, Station Camp. Uh, you got Green Hill thrown into the mix now. Um, so Portland, they're going to need to rely on on that 
firepower if they're going to uh, make a run in that district. And then it only gets harder um, as well when you get from District 10. Uh, if, if, you're, if you're lucky enough to get out of there like teams like Lebanon and Beach have been able to do, uh, you get to go up against teams after that like Rossview and Clarksville and uh, Northwest this year. Um, so th- if, if they're going to be getting out, they're absolutely uh, going to need to rely on her and her scoring ability and her leadership. Let me ask you a question, Brady. This is a little bit uh, – it's not off topic, but it is. Um, so we both know 931 Hoops Report does a really good job on Twitter. He's mm-hmm. a fun follow. Uh, he made the comment, I don't know, maybe a week, week and a half ago, and said he hasn't been impressed with District 9 AAA. I'm wondering what your thoughts are just on a district that you know that yours is going to match up with and how you think they're going to fare so far. Yeah, so uh, the one team I've seen the most of from 9 AAA has been Green Hill. Um, and obviously that's a brand new program. So we're not going to expect them to come right out of the gate and just be firing on all cylinders and come out and win the districts. Um, but uh, they did give a really good fight to Clarksville high, which is a team that is going to be fighting for the top of district 10. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, you can always count on uh, Lebanon to be good. Um, Gallatin has seemed pretty solid so far. Um, although they did, I, would, I don't want to say they had trouble with West Creek because they didn't. But if you compare their game to West Creek this year to the team, to the game they had against West Creek last year, where they won, I don't remember exactly what it was like 72 to nine, maybe. <laughs> and that lead was, or that win rather was cut down by to like, I don't know, a 28, 30 point win this yeah. year. Obviously that's still a blowout. I actually but saw that game. Yeah. West Creek, they, they are improved. They're they are improved for sure. Um, but Gallatin, if they're going to be um, competing with those best of the best teams yeah um you'd expect them to win that game maybe by a little bit more obviously that's just one game that's one sample size from earlier in the season um but uh for a team that's currently number two in district nine um if, if they're going to be better than other teams like beach and station camp and hendersonville um maybe that does mean the depth isn't quite as as scary as it was in previous seasons Listen, is, is, as much as we hold District 9 AAA in high regard, you have to do, this, do the same for District 10. I mean, yeah. you, you just do. And those Clarksville schools, year in and year out, play really good basketball. And as you saw in, in previous years, I mean, they – not on the girls' side because Beach, I know, went on – Beach and Lebanon went on in the region last year to play in the mm-hmm. sectional. But on the boys' side in, in particular, you know, there's just some – there's some good programs. And is you may be a good program in District 9 AAA, but you may not stack up in District 10 AAA, and that, that could be the case this year. Yeah, uh, District 10 this year has been bizarre, to say the least. Um, so coming into the year, we talked uh, about two weeks ago about uh, Northeast kind of just being the cream of the crop this year. Um, they were the number two team out of uh, the region, uh, along with uh, Mount Juliet. And uh, so they went to Hillsboro, lost a really close game. We've talked about that. Um, so, but they were expected to really be the top team in District 10 again this year and potentially even host a, a sectional game this year. Uh, granted, we get that far into the season. Um, but they lost the game to Rossview, which was very surprising because Rossview, while a good team um, and much improved from last year, uh, wasn't expected to necessarily be as good as a team like Northeast this year. So that was very surprising. And then last week – they played Henry County after we, after we talked, they played Henry County that same night. And I was telling you, I was going to that game. I was looking forward to it. I thought Henry, or I thought Northeast would win that basketball game and Henry County beat them by double digits at Northeast. Um, 
And that was just absolutely shocking to me. Uh, Northeast just didn't look the same as they, as they normally do. They seemed to kind of lack energy and cohesiveness. Um, their star players weren't looking like their star players. Um, so I think maybe if, if you kind of take that team that maybe had the highest potential to win the district out of that position – they're not they were they're not looking like a state championship team that could make it a little bit easier for district nine uh with obviously uh mount juliet is, is weakened from last year significantly with uh losing will mabry and splitting off with green hill losing their head coach but that's uh i think it, it's a lot more wide open than we thought it would be speaking of my best boys team so far um i've got to go beach at this point they, mm-hmm. they won three games in the tournament capped it off with with beating JP2 by, I think, eight in the championship. Christian Shaw, whoo, that boy went off. I mean, seriously, he he dropped 32 in game one with 10 threes. He drops 19 in game two, and he drops 28 in the championship. I mean, that's that's solid. And, and, you know, I I feel like I'm I'm segueing into my player of the week without trying to segue into my player of the (laughs) week. But, I mean, seriously, he 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 was magnificent. I mean, he was so good. And not only offensively in that championship game, Brady, but he guarded the other team's best player, Sam Specht. Yep. And um, that right there, when you can play both ends of the floor, listen, it's, it's six six guard. You're you're a dime a dozen, right? Yeah. But if you can yeah. defend and you can shoot the three, that you're going to get some looks. And Absolutely. he's only a junior, and I don't know. I'm not in the recruiting world by any stretch of the imagination. I don't know what his ceiling is. But it's got to be high. I mean, he just yeah, balled out. He, yeah. And uh, they actually um, are scheduled to play against – well, they were, I should say, were scheduled to play against Northwest on the 29th. That game now won't be happening because Montgomery uh, County has shut things down until January 4th. But we would have been able to see him go up against Amitri Moss, who is a very similar player who can uh, guard a, a, a good um, a good guard on the other team. He is springy, can – dunk as a five foot 11 guard I think is is probably his what he is uh he can shoot the ball he can score so that would have been a, an incredibly fun matchup that we're really going to miss seeing um but Beach is another team uh they I, I would agree that they're probably the best team out in Sumner right now they beat Northeast on the road as well um that's that's just another team and obviously uh we're seeing now Northeast maybe not as good as we thought they would be but that's still a good basketball team they still have good players and a good coach and to go there and beat them I think it was 60 to 48 um, is is impressive nonetheless. So I, I would agree with you that Beach is a very dangerous team. Yeah, they're just so deep. Um, they've got they've got multiple guys that can get you a bucket. And the crazy thing is they they bring back arguably their best player after after he's been out uh, with with I think I'm pretty sure he had D surgery uh, uh, some months ago. I don't want to put a number on. I, I don't know the answer to that. But anyway, he's he's good to go back. Caleb Powell is who I'm talking about. All county mm-hmm. player last year has been an all county player since his sophomore year. Uh, I didn't do a preseason team, but he would have been a preseason favorite for a first team or a player of the year. I mean, he's just a good ball player. Um, And to add a guy like that back is only going to make them better. I am interested to see if there's any hiccups along the way, I guess, trying to bring him back in. But the thing is, Caleb has has not only played on this this team as a starter for, I think, three years now, but he's played with this group of guys for the same amount of time. So – there may not be chemistry issues. It, it could just be super fluid. And if it is, District 9, boys, look out. I mean, because this beach team mm-hmm. can can get up and down on the floor in a hurry, and they can put the ball in the basket. Yeah, um, that chemistry issue thing 
could be a problem. Uh, like you said, uh, if, if things are going well um, and you get a player who has been sitting out and has been sitting out through games that they've won uh, by, by big margins, either, um, you know, if, if it's a blowout or if it's a big game against a tough opponent, um, adding in someone who wasn't on the floor for that game, no matter how talented they are. I mean, unless like you said, that this is a, a possible player of the year candidate, um, but that could cause issues. You never know because um, I mentioned Rossview beating Northeast earlier. They also beat CHS. And those were both huge wins for Rossview. And they were doing it without their starting point guard, Brian Rippey. Now he came back uh, against Kenwood and then they lost that game. And Kenwood is a team that is not as good as Clarksville or Northeast, in my opinion, or, or as good as Rossview even. Um, so you never know. That, it could, there could be an adjusting period. But I think in the long run, you know, that addition – will make uh, Beach better. Yeah, I'm, I, yeah, I fully expect them to make a run this year. Um, it, it would be a surprise if they didn't. But as far as the Sumner County teams, them and JP2 boys, that was a great game, a game that we're not going to see on the regular. Last time you saw it was three years ago in Florida. Kit Brown, Beach head coach, Charles Wade, JP2 head coach, go back all the way to 1994 with the relationship. I mean, Charles Wade was on Kip's staff at JP2 for crying out loud. They don't like playing that game just because they consider themselves brothers. Um, mm-hmm. But when but when they when they met, they both wanted to win that game very badly. Uh, but it came out in Beach's favor. Let's transition though to a team that you're very familiar with, or or more familiar with, I should say, in Clarksville Academy. I got the chance to see them twice uh, at the tournament. Got a chance to speak with Justin Swallows, who does the radio in Clarksville. Super nice guy. Yep. Very complimentary of of your work and our work at Main Street Preps. We really appreciate that. Uh, if, if, if you're ever looking for Clarksville Academy uh, game coverage, be sure to follow him. He can definitely hook you up and help you out. He does a really good job. But mm-hmm. anyways, Eddie Ricks, sophomore from Clarksville Academy. That whole team is super young, but, man, he was impressive. Scored 20 against JP2 in a game they ultimately lost uh, and then scored 12 in a win over Portland in a game that was more, um, uh, I guess, it's more spread out. Point scoring was more spread out. Yep. Um, but that was a guy, that was a kid who, who played very well uh, over the course of a couple of days. You've seen him play a couple of times. What do you like about his game? Yeah, well, um, I got to give a spoiler alert uh, to our listeners, but he is going to be the player of the week this week for Montgomery um, for a couple of reasons. Well, mainly because they were the only team playing, but because he was also the best player for Clarksville Academy this week, scoring 35 points in those two games. Um, but yeah, this kid, um, <clears throat> he, he wasn't with the team last year. He is from Texas, actually. Um, and the first time I saw him play, I want to say he scored 30 points, maybe. And I asked Justin and Matt Wallace, who helps Justin out with the call sometimes, and was actually the head coach of uh, Clarksville Academy last season before stepping down this year, allowing Tyler Hickman to step in. Uh, but I asked the both of them, like, where the heck did Ricks come from? Uh, they said, uh, I think it was Houston. I, th- I think he's from Houston or Dallas, one of, one of the big areas, maybe Austin. You get my point. He's from Texas. And uh, you, can, you can tell that this kid is going to be super, super impressive for the next two and a half seasons. Um, he's long. He just looks like a basketball player. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's just absolutely. got those, he's got those long arms, long legs. He should still be growing considering he's only a sophomore. So I'd say he's probably maybe six anywhere between six four and six six right now he's a big kid and but he can score he plays like a guard um he can he can rebound he can score he can handle the ball he can pass um he's still a little bit raw considering his age but he is going to be the kind of guy who can carry Clarksville Academy for years to come just because of his his raw talent alone and as he continues to 
mold into a better player with Coach Hickman, I think he has a chance to be the best player in the city in the coming years. Yeah, he was he was impressive. And, and you mentioned his ability to score. In the first game against Portland, he really didn't have to fill up the bucket. He had two other teammates in double figures, and Keith Richburg and uh, Jack Wyatt. But in that game against JP2, where JP2 jumped out to a big lead early, they needed someone to put the ball in the basket. They, didn't, they hadn't put the ball in the basket in several minutes. And he comes down after an offensive rebound and, and drains a three. And obviously, some excitement. They get a stop. He comes down. He hits a little bit more contested three. All of a sudden, chest starts poking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Come down, get a stop. And then all of a sudden, that third trip, he hits a heavily contested three. JP2's got to call a timeout. Boom, boom, boom. He's got 15 points at the half just like that. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking, all right, CA's going to make a run at this. And in the second half, JP2 made their adjustments. They they threw a bunch of different bodies at him. They made him get get rid of the ball. They made someone else beat them. Yep. That didn't happen, obviously. But, man, he, he commanded a lot of respect. Uh, and, and, listen, Charles Wade told him after the game, said, dude, you're going to be – Charles Wade, the JP2 head coach, yep. told him, dude, you're going to be a heck of a ball player. Uh, very soon, and uh, you're yeah. going to make some college coach very happy. He didn't yeah. say that. I'm saying that he's going to make some college coach very happy. Uh, but I, I think I think that uh, that that run that you kind of just described perfectly describes him as a player right now because uh, when his team is in a pinch, he can hit tough shots like that. He can give his team a spark. He's just that kind of player who you can kind of count on to step up and make some buckets. But then after halftime, if, if things start getting thrown his way a little more often that he's not so used to right now, um, he, he, does, he is liable to disappear for a little bit because of his age. And as he continues to grow, as he continues to get better, um, he will hopefully get better at adjusting with those things, dealing with more pressure and being the focal point uh, of the defense where other teams' defenses are really keying in on him. Um, and hopefully he can grow and continue to deal with that because if he's able to become a guy who's able to countermeasure those kinds of things, then it's, it's just going to be hard to stop him because of just his natural gifts on the court. Uh, there's not going to be many guys in high school who are going to be able to deal with that kind of talent. Absolutely. And it'll be interesting to see in the coming years, you know, CA, hey, coach, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on his last name, Tyler. Something, uh, Tyler Hickman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Told, you know, they run a motion offense. It'll be interesting to see that – if, you know, when junior year rolls around or senior year rolls around, they run a more uh, Eddie Rick-centric offense, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because, as you know, in that motion offense, that ball can get out of your hands in a hurry. Yep. And that way a defense can't really key on anyone. It'll be, interesting to, it'll be interesting to see as he develops if he starts to get more and more uh, of the offensive workload, I guess, if you will. But that's a young team. So yeah. maybe they keep that motion offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm, it's working for the most part. Uh, there are some days where the offense – uh, is a little slower than others, but that's just going to happen. And a lot of these guys are new playing together. They lost eight players from last year's team, which is just astounding to me. Um, astounding in one that you're going to just lose so many players from one year to the next, but astounding also that they're actually doing pretty well. Uh, one of those players was Daniel Luce. Uh, I believe he scored 2,000 points, and he's now playing at Christian Brothers. Um, just an absolute heck of a ball player. This, uh, the grandson of uh, Dave Luce, former longtime Austin P head coach, um, and so, so to lose that kind of production from one year to the next and do well with it, with a new head coach, um, I got to give a lot of credit to the Clarksville Academy. Absolutely. Hey, Brady, let's segue into our player of the week segment. I, I mentioned who I basically mentioned who my guy was and you basically mentioned who your guy was. So there's <laughs> yeah. no need for a drum roll here, but so let's just go ahead and lay it out on the line. Christian Shaw, 
79 points in three games, dropped 32, 19, and 28 in the championship. He was lights out, 10 threes in the first game, guarded the other team's best player, was able to pull rebounds, pull the offense. I mean, he did exact everything that you need a player of his caliber to do. He has taken on a new role with Caleb uh, Powell being out. I asked him about that role afterwards, and it was basically, I've got to do this until, you know, Caleb comes back and then, um, but it, it was it was weird. It was different coming into this season because I didn't know. Um, but he's just kind of trying to run with it and trying to be the leader that his team needs him to be. And, man, he, he sure was that on uh, Monday and Tuesday. Now, was the competition the best? Probably not. But that third game, it was really good. And in that third game, he was really good. And mm-hmm. he always had an answer anytime JP2 had an answer. And, uh, listen, man, he I don't think he could have played any better. I think Kit Brown would tell you that. So he, Caleb – Caleb, uh, excuse me, Christian Shaw is my player of the week this week. Yeah, anytime you can go out there <clears throat> and score 79 points in three games um, against really any opponent, that's going to give you a little bit of swagger, and you can carry that with you. Um, really impressive stuff from him. Absolutely. Yeah, like, I, like I said, mine's going to be Eddie Ricks. Um, half by default because Clarksville County was the only team playing, but half not. He totally earned it. Even if there were other teams playing, um, he performed well enough to absolutely be in the conversation for it in any given week um, with those 35 points uh, in two games in the tournament. Uh, what we've talked about at um, Eddie Ricks quite a bit. Um, yeah. But let's uh, let, let's go into our next topic. We are uh, looking at what we're uh, looking forward to most, uh, seeing from the last kind of two months of, of the season here. Um, why don't you kind of get us uh, started with that? Yeah, so listen, I, it's it's an easy answer, but it's it's the truth. I'm just – I'm looking forward to watching games be played. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in any other year, that's a, that's an easy answer. But this year, we just don't know if we're going to get another game. So what I'm looking forward to most is being able to continue to be able to, to get ready to go cover games, to cover games, to get to know these student athletes, to get to know these coaches, get to know the storylines that surround these teams. So – what I'm looking forward to most is just being able to cover games, continue to grow our Main Street Preps ban- uh, brand, continue to grow this this podcast, um, and just continue to assert ourselves as the most comprehensive place for high school f- hoops, high school sports, and just uh, everything that comes with that. But, yeah, just like I said, looking forward to just having games be played. Yeah, I, I, I got to <clears throat> totally agree with you there. I mean um, – we're lucky to have gotten this many games to begin with, with yeah. um, so few cancellations. Obviously it's a weird season. Every team has kind of had the ups and downs with, you know, missing players, missing games, all that kind of stuff. But we are lucky to have been able to uh, see as much basketball so far as we have. And uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm confident now after uh, what the TSSAA has kind of put into place that we'll be able to finish this season out um, because they have taken that initiative and in saying, Hey, it, it, the buck stops here we're limiting capacity in these gyms this season is going to finish and if that means we have to stomp our foot uh then we're absolutely going to do that um but to go a little further with that i'm really looking forward to seeing how district 10 boys shakes out um it's a little different on the girls side because i think we kind of see kind of a definitive tier system uh shaping out we kind of have our best team in northwest uh we got a couple of contenders like clarksville is very good uh, Rossview is pretty solid. Um, and then you kind of have the field after that. Um, but on the boys' side, there is no such clarity right now. 
Uh, I talked about Northeast being a team that we expected to be very good, who has fallen off. They're like, I think fourth maybe in the region right now. Um, you have Henry County who has, who lost to Clarksville and then went in, lost, lost to Clarksville at home, uh, and, you know, in Paris, uh, which is almost a, an hour and a half drive from Clarksville where they have a, a full blown full, uh, home court advantage. And then, so they lose there to Clarksville, then come to Northeast and beat Northeast. Um, then you have Rossview, who beats Northeast, beats Clarksville, uh, and then loses to Kenwood. You got Kenwood, who beats Rossview. <laughs> I mean, you can you can see by what I'm saying here just how messy things are right now. You've really got, um, I mean, between Clarksville, Rossview, Northeast, Kenwood, and Henry County, five teams that I think you could reasonably win the district. And then you've got Northwest, who's kind of a dark horse. Um, they've got a lot of talent. I don't think that they're going to win the district, but they have a chance to maybe make an upset in the district tournament. Um, and then kind of the rest from there is you don't have to worry too much about at the moment. Um, but I'm so excited. It's going to be an, a wild ride these last two months. Uh, every every week is going to probably change up the standings in some way or another. And I think it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I think you could say the same for me on the boys' side. Uh, the girls, I feel like, is is kind of set in stone. Um, so I kind of agree wholeheartedly there. Just swap the 10 with the 9, and, and we're pretty much in the same boat. Yep. Um, but as we get ready to wrap up this show, Christmas edition, Let's. I wanted to do a 2-2-1 Christmas-style edition. So that's what we're doing today with our 2-2-1. Brady, do you want to go first? Yeah, let's do it. So, yeah, this is our usual 2-2-1. Uh, we usually do it uh, two games to watch, uh, two players to watch, and one uh, team that we think is going to win. But with this being Christmas, uh, we wanted to uh, spice it up a little bit with some some peppermint, uh, some <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of uh, pine tree smell, if you will. Um, so we're going to do two Christmas movies that we must watch every year, uh, two Christmas must-have foods, and then a must-do tradition. Um, so my two Christmas movies um, are going, <clears throat> going to be Elf and Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, oh. Elf is, uh, in my opinion, the funniest Christmas movie. Uh, I know it's not as classic as some of the others. I would also put Christmas Vacation, Home Alone, um, A Christmas Story. All of those are, are right there, too. Trust me. Uh, those, are, those are always on my list every single year. Um, but Elf just is, is one kind of special to me. You know, it's, uh, yeah. it's a little bit newer. I like Will, I like Ferrell. Will Ferrell. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's kind of divisive. I know that. <laughs> not everyone loves the man-child uh, uh, personality that he can have sometimes like in Step Brothers. Um, but I think Elf is just a great movie. You know, it, it's, it, it warms my heart. Uh, it makes me laugh. It, it gets me in the Christmas spirit. Uh, I mean, can't really beat that. Yeah. And then Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, I mean, that's just one that I've been watching ever since I was uh, a small child. Uh, um, my dad, grow, uh, growing up, he always watched Charlie Brown with us, you know, whether it was Christmas, Halloween, Thanksgiving, uh, all of that. Um, and that's just one that uh, I know it's, it's, uh, it's got the, uh, the, the Christian overtones, of course, which uh, some people might not always be uh, fond of, but it's something that I've just really always loved. You know, Linus's speech at the end up on stage, uh, that always moves my heart. So that's one that I absolutely include. Yeah. Um, now, two Christmas must-have foods. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Before you get into your foods, okay. I got to say about your movie. Listen, Elf, fantastic movie. Fantastic. Yep. For me personally, it's out of the top five, but it's super funny. It's mm -hmm. timeless. It's one that I'm going to be watching when Caroline is, you know, 15, 16 years old. I'm pulling it yep. out. I mean, it's a fantastic movie. So when I say it's not in my top five, I'm not dissing it by any stretch of the magic. Of course. I just and you know you know, while we're talking about movies, why don't, why don't we get your two top uh, top two movies before we go into foods? 
Man, listen, I love Christmas movies. I love Christmas movies so much it makes my wife sick. I think you watch, I you watch them in uh, in July. No, I don't. No, I don't go that far. Okay. But the, but the moment December one hits, I'm ready. I'm ready. Actually, to be honest with you, the moment I finish my last plate of Thanksgiving dinner, I'm okay. Ready yep. To move into Christmas. Um, there's so many. I mean, I had such a hard time picking this. Uh, but I'm gonna have to pick two, and I'm going with Christmas Vacation. It is an absolute classic. Mm-hmm. I actually watched it last night. Um, listen, the Griswold family is an extension of my family. <laughs> Can't beat them. Cousin Eddie, listen, mm-hmm. I've got a cousin Eddie. Uh, that a, Just a fantastic movie from start to finish and just one that I could watch any day of the month of December, any day of the month of the year. Uh, but it's a movie that I have to watch um, either the day before Christmas or on Christmas. I just, yep. I, I just have to do it. And then my, my other one, um, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, mm, over, okay. the first, over the first one. Listen, they're both, they're both classics. Um, but Kevin going to see that Christmas tree in New York and then his mom mm-hmm. coming up. I mean, if that, doesn't, if that doesn't touch your soul, you may be a little lost because that yeah. is a heartfelt moment seeing her son after X amount of days. That and, one does uh, tug at the heartstrings for sure. Dude, absolutely. So those are my two Christmas movies that I just – I absolutely have to have, and and yeah. you twisted my arm in, in that one. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. There's there's no way I can you know dispute either of those. I personally like the uh, the original Home Alone better than two. Yeah, but okay. I mean, I'm not. I, you absolutely cannot go wrong. That's a classic uh, too. I mean, listen, I I could have easily picked Home Alone one and two, but I felt like that was cheating a little. Bit. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, yeah. the first one is is a, is a timeless classic as well. Absolutely. Well, let's move into our our two foods, Brady. What are your two must have foods? Right. So my first, I'm, I'm getting kind of, kind of sweet with this one. And I don't mean, you know, being a sweetheart. Um, <laughs> my first one is going to be Christmas cookies. Okay. Uh, every, every year, uh, my mom, she's got two sisters and uh, a couple nieces. They always get together. They weren't able to do it this year for obvious reasons, but they always like to get together um, and just have a full day where they make uh, a bunch of Christmas cookies from scratch. You know, they got little cutouts between, you know, snowflakes and Christmas trees and stars, uh, all those little things. And they get to, you know, color them up with a little frosting. And then uh, they box them all up and deliver it to families. And of course, our family gets a tin every year. And those things, I could just pop them all day like potato chips. Uh, those things are so good. Um, I, I, I miss them this year for sure, but that's definitely one of my must-have Christmas foods. And the other one, uh, I mean, we were talking about classics with movies, um, is going to be hot chocolate. Um, you know, waking up in the morning, it's usually going to be coffee. I'm not much of a coffee drinker, but, you know, coffee is usually the, the go-to hot drink. But I feel like this time of year, um, hot chocolate just works great, you know, pop some, um, oh, some absolutely. in there. I've got and, two uh, hot cocoa bombs upstairs waiting for, for my wife and I to oh, have my in-laws. I've seen some videos of those. I've actually never seen those until this year, but I've seen a couple videos of them this year. And I feel like I need to get my hands on one of those before uh, before the holiday ends tomorrow. Uh, those look delicious with the marshmallows inside oh, and the, yeah, I'm, the hot it, milk. Oh, I'll, I'll video it and I'll, I'll, I might post it with the link. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, uh, I, I'm going to hold you through that one. Um, but yeah, hot chocolate. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, this is the best time of year uh, for a hot chocolate. And uh, it's, it's always going to be something that I turn to uh, as a go-to on uh, Christmas. Absolutely. Love hot chocolate. We'll have mini glasses tomorrow. I can promise you that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> excuse me, but the, uh, the two that I chose, I chose one sweet, one not sweet. Um, bland bland options but there are two must-haves for me 
an original cheesecake. I don't need any yep. strawberry topping or chocolate or truffle or anything like that. Just give me a plain uh, cheesecake and I'm good to go. Stick with the basics. And then I got to have my holiday ham. I just, I have to, I mean, it's not Christmas without your holiday ham. And uh, I guess to uh, be, this is going to sound, this is probably going to sound weird to everybody, but uh, my mom makes chili every Christmas. Um, my mom's got a pot of chili going right now. Dude. So, I mean, that's, that's to be as well. So cheesecake and holiday ham tops. And then if I got, if I could pick another one, I'm going my mom's chili. But what about your, what about your one Christmas tradition? So my one Christmas tradition, something that we've been doing ever since I was born really is um, we, you know, back when, uh, back when Santa, you know, would visit our house every year. Uh, You know, my mom's taking over for him now so he can go over to the younger kids houses. That's nice. Um, Yeah, of course. She's, she's, she's a very, very kind woman. Um, She, uh, we, we would have a, a, a pajama elf <laughs> visit our house every Christmas Eve and the pajama elf would um, wrap up a nice new pair of pajamas for us and put it underneath our pillows. So every year on Christmas, we'd get a, a brand new pair of pajamas and, you know, wear them for Christmas Eve, wake up, open presents in them the next morning. And, you know, that's our new pair of pajamas for the year. Oh, and yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to getting my pajamas this year. Last year, he got me uh, a game of Thrones pair of pajamas and uh, I'm looking forward to what it could be this year. Yeah, uh, my mom does that too. She throws in a DVD though. Oh, so I have a little movie to watch with it. So, uh, but yeah, I love that gift as well. Um, my my Christmas tradition, I think a lot of people have, but I just love it. I look forward to it, and I, and I never do the expensive gift. Always, mm-hmm. always like what's the what's the least least gift? But opening one gift on Christmas Eve, you got to do yeah. that. I mean, you got to open one gift on Christmas Eve. Absolutely. And, uh, whether it's a pajama set, whether it's, you know, w- something you need for Chris- the, the next day, um, yep. you know, maybe maybe they got you a TV and they hand you some batteries and some TV yeah. and some batteries <laughs> or something or, yep. or whatever it is. But I think you got to have one one gift open on Christmas. Yeah. Obviously not the most expensive. Yeah, um, you don't want to open the PlayStation on Christmas Eve. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that at all. Absolutely. So, um yeah, that's that's my one that's my one Christmas tradition, and that's my one that's my two two one for today. That's a good one. Yeah, that's. Uh, I, I think that I think that that went well. You know, the uh, the Christmas two two one that that worked. I I, I like that. It w- I wouldn't be surprised if uh, other major markets start picking it up, Brady. I wouldn't be surprised either. And hey, if you're listening to this, give us your two two one. What, what's your uh, your two movies, your two foods, and your tradition? We'd love to hear. Fantastic. Fantastic, Brady. Way to, way, to pull, way to pull the audience in. I love it. Let's you close know. out the show with one thing we are thankful for this year. It's been a tough year, but mm-hmm. I want to I end on the positive. This is our final show of 2020. So what's one thing you are thankful for this year, Brady? Yeah, I've, uh, I've been thankful for, um, for this company, really. I mean, there were times where things got really hard there in the summer, um, and especially in kind of early March uh, through May, really, where things were just shut down. There was nothing for us to do. Yeah. Uh, I know I don't have to tell you that we were really picking at grassman at straws for things to do. Um, and it got really tough to do this. But, um, you know, having my, my coworkers with me going through the same thing, having um, our boss, Dave, being real helpful with everything, um, it really helped me get through because when that all kind of went down, and I didn't have anything to work on. And I felt like I wasn't gonna be able to fill my hours. I wasn't gonna be able to fill a sports section. I was feeling really down because I wanted to still feel useful and still have things to do. Um, and I was able to get through that with the help of the company, my coworkers, uh, our boss. Um, so I, I, I'm just really thankful for being able to get through all that with the help of everybody. 
Yeah, that's that's yeah. That was a that was a rough time. That was a rough time, and uh, I think that was a rough time for everyone. And so great to see everybody come out on the better for it on the right side of it. You're right. I mean, this company has been has been so great to us um, over our time here. And yeah, you're 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 exactly right. They they have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. For me, the one thing I'm thankful for is is a simple thing, but it's so big, especially this year, and that is uh, my health and my family's health. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, knock on wood, we have, we have stayed away from the COVID despite being, um, subjected to the, uh, mass amounts of people, especially in our job. My wife, yeah. she works with the public. Um, you know, we have a little girl who's about to be two years old. So we've, we obviously don't want that disease anywhere or that virus, excuse me, anywhere near our household. So the fact that we have been blessed to just stay healthy. And, and just be, um, just be, just be, be able to be counted on um, in, in our everyday life and our personal life and our work life has been, has been something that I am grateful for and thankful for. And like I said, knocking on wood over here, don't want to get the COVID mm-hmm. as we move into January. Um, but man, this whole year, it could have gone south in a hurry, but it has. Um, I'm just super thankful for that. Yeah, you and me both. We're we're uh, we're very, both very lucky to be sitting here today having this talk on Christmas Eve. About to go spend time with our families uh, who are all healthy right now. You know, my brother had it, but he he was it strong enough, healthy enough to get get through it. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we're just we're both very lucky. Let's let's close out the show. I want to close out the show real quick with a with a real quick remark. One extra thing I'm thankful for this year, Brady. That's you. I'm thankful for you, Brady. Zach, you, you, you took the words right out of my mouth, man. I was going to say, I'm thankful for you too. Thankful that we get to do this podcast. Thankful we get to talk basketball. Uh, thankful we get to work together. It's been a fun relationship. Uh, we're going to continue to get better. We're going to continue to grow. And uh, great things ahead for 2021 for both you and I and our listeners as well. Brady, thanks, for, thanks so much for doing this with me. And uh, have a good Christmas. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Back at you. Merry Christmas, everybody.